Welcome to In In It It Together. Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Hello again. Hello. We are back. Yeah, we are back, huh? (laughs) We are back. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Terminator almost? Yeah, I'm back. (laughs) Yeah, so we, we, well, we're back from our impromptu business trip slash vacation yes we are yeah so for our listeners that don't know we we had um last couple weeks we kind of had an impromptu uh event and we ended up uh taking everyone the whole family to to puerto rico yes that was such an amazing time wish i was there right now i know it's tough getting back right it's like it's much we're in the northeast and it's, it's a lot cooler here than it was where we were um and we're just the humidity here is actually a lot more humid it feels like here than it was on the island i think oh it was just a different heat I yeah think. it was dif- it was a different heat definitely for sure so there are a couple things that did happen on this trip that we that are interesting that we should talk about right yeah and i th- i think one of them a lot of women can relate with so i just wanted to share my my experience because why not right yeah, absolutely. And I think we, we even have a name for it. You did a little research on what it is. Well, we've always known this, right? We have this. Yeah, and I've, and I've, I've called this. myself this plenty of times. Yeah. So, we, you know, I always I always tell you, you know, you can't be superwoman. I've, I've told you that a million times. Yeah. Right? Stop trying to be superwoman. You can't do everything. And and that's just your, your personality. But we actually found out that there is a... A yeah, superwoman complex. Yep, it was. It's a. It's it's a complex. It, the the term was coined back in you know 1984, and it's this you know whole theory behind women trying to be superheroes. And so, that's that's and we'll, you we'll go to, into that a little exactly, bit. Exactly, but that's you to a T. You're constantly doing that, right? Yeah, and and not that you're not because you're you all you do take on a lot, and I do give you credit for taking on a lot, and you can manage a lot of things, and you do a lot of things very well. So, um, but. There's times that you take on too much. And it comes at a cost. <laughs> exactly. And that's what we're going to talk about in the, in the podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into what, like, what happened. Because yeah. there's something that, that kind of exemplifies this whole, I don't want to say theory, but you know this whole premise, right? Of taking on too much or understanding where our limits are and, and knowing when to, you know, when to step aside, I guess, and not be super or try to be superwoman or superman or super person exactly so did you want to get into like what happened or did you want me to it kind of explain to our listeners like the scenario well why don't you explain the scenario and then um you know i can kind of fill it in from there so we were on vacation and uh well vacation slash business trip but we we did take the kids with us and our daughter this is the first time you know we've been away before but this is the first time we've been like away away with her you know she's only 7 and you know she, we've when we do go away it's you know 4 or 5 days we were gone for 11 days this time and you know this is the first time they've been on a plane actually so and they did very well on the plane i was very surprised at, at how much they enjoyed flying i thought i i had an you know i love to fly so i had an inkling that they probably would like to fly as well um, but when we got there, there was a couple things that happened and that triggered homesickness like day two, mm-hmm. right? And and that's what we were kind of struggling with. We were struggling with uh, her homesickness and she had trouble eating. Right. And we were really concerned about her eating because she wasn't, she, she didn't want to eat anything. She was having trouble 
like swallowing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 we'll, we'll you know just to give some uh, backstory, right? Of what happened, I think, and and I'll go into my kind of theories of of what I I saw, right? So day one, we 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 get there, you know, we and when we go out to eat, and the first thing, the first meal that she has on the island, you know, she got food, she got her hair because she's got long, very long hair, and it was we were outside on a terrace, and the wind was blowing a little bit, so hair got into her mouth as she was eating, so that kind of grossed her out a little bit because she was yeah. chewing on her own. At first, she thought it was hair in the food, but it was actually her own hair that had blown into her mouth as she was eating. So she was a little grossed out by that. First, very first experience that she had of eating on, you know, away from home. So now we fast forward to the, what would the, the later that day or the next day? Yeah, so the next day, you, I think you're going out. To, I, I don't know if you went out to get me something because I got sunburn, whatever, but you had left and I was there with the kids and... She was just having some chicken wings. She was sitting in the little area watching a show or whatever. And she comes in and she's, you know, semi-crying. She's like, I just choked on the chicken wing. And I'm like, okay, you're all right. You're fine. Drink some water. And that was it. And she went out in the little area. I took a shower. And then as I'm drying off, I hear like commotion going on. I'm like, what the heck? So I open the door and I go out there and she's just like bawling her eyes out. And I kind of like, I didn't really understand. Like I had said something to you like, hey, like, you know, relax. You know, your daughter just kind of, you know, choked on a, a chicken wing or whatever. And then it was just like crying, like screaming. She was like bouncing on the bed and I was trying to console her. And I started doing like EFT tapping with her to try to help her. It was just it was just a nightmare. Yeah. So um, so I was unaware of the choking incident. So I, I had like like you said, I had gone out to uh hand, to to go get something at the store or whatever it was I can't remember exactly but I had got back and you know I get back and the first thing she's like oh I'm cold oh I'm you know and then and then she goes like I'm homesick I'm you know what I'm saying I miss the dog and there was all these these complaints and that's that kind of triggered me a little bit I'm like it's only you're only been here 2 days how can you be homesick you know and she, you know and that was really not not necessary nope. it was not what what needed to happen in that in that instance so i take full responsibility for adding fuel to the fire on this situation because that made her more upset that i was you know i was a little irritated at the fact that she was all you know was day 2 and 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 she was already complaining about a lot of things i now i had no idea of the chicken incident but it was all everything kind of fueled. Yeah, it was cumulative. Exactly. And then she kept saying, I, I keep thinking of the orange. I keep thinking of the orange incident. So just a little back history about a couple months ago at home, she's stuffing her face and she gags because an orange gets stuck in her throat and we have to kind of like pull it out a little bit. And then after that, she's like, I don't want to eat oranges again. No problem eating food. I mean, this is a kid that every 15 minutes she's like, what's for dinner? Can I have a snack? Like ridiculous. So it's the orange incident, the orange incident. And I'm like, okay. So at that point, my thought process as, you know, retired counselor over here, like, okay, we're going to do some EFT tapping. I'm going to help her get the emotions out of her body. It's just a flashback because that's the correlation that I was putting together is that she's in the living room area at the hotel. She's eating a a piece of chicken, right? Chicken wing gets caught in her throat. She has a flashback of when she's eating the orange at home. Hence, she's at home and it just kind of fuels her missing home even more so I feel like it was all interconnected it one way or another and she sobs herself falls herself to sleep right 
So I thought, okay, this was great. But then the next day, the next morning at breakfast. That's when that's when it all That's when we were like, oh Exactly. God. This is an issue because you know, and again, like like she's she's a she's seven, she's t- she's tiny for seven. She's very petite. Um, but she, you know, her metabolism is always running. So yeah, she's constantly. Yeah, I wish constant- I had that problem. <laughs> I know. She's constantly eating this girl, right? To the point that we're like, okay. And and the, the moment she eats anything, she has. Fuel. Exactly. She has energy for days. So it was very, very um, it troubling. Was tri- it was yeah, troubling exactly. it was and troubling. triggering. Yeah, because it's like we here, here we have our daughter that's constantly, you know, constantly wants something to eat and constantly just running it off and. It was a complete flip. You know, she wasn't, she was having trouble, like, you, you she know. She couldn't even put food in her mouth without, uh, like, gagging. Exactly. Choking. And I tried to come in with the therapeutic point again. And it was just, I don't know, the, the whole superwoman complex starts kind of kicking in. Like, I got to fix this. I got to fix this. It was bad. And I think it was because it, like, it reminded me of myself a little bit, you know, like mom, daughter, stuff like that. Mom gear kicks in and you want to help, you know, our daughter and you want to help the situation. But I wanted to soothe her fears. Right. I wanted to soothe her. I wanted to let you're OK. Let's get the emotion. out. It's just a memory. That's what I wanted to do. because. I- well, I think I think the biggest issue here is um, it wasn't so much that it was the fact that you. Because of, you know, the therapeutic background, I think you were more making that association. And that's kind of like what I was what I what I told you later on. Right. The fear that she had or over the memory, I think there wasn't a cause and effect there. Right. I think, you know what I'm saying? It was you were fueling that perception that the memory was causing this this whole issue when I think it was just a, a lot of different things. At one time that she couldn't as, you know, as a seven year old, she couldn't really comprehend. It was, you know, the missing home, the having couple bad experiences with food right at the very beginning of this vacation. So there was a lot of things going on that she could not express or, or really understand. And but you had keyed in on this memory and that was fueling what what she, what she was going through. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was really tough for me because it was like I needed to fix this. Like, OK, this is clearly mental health, psychological, whatever. This is my this is my arena. Like I can handle this. And that superwoman complex within me was like time to put your cape on, swoop on in, fix everything. And I was struggling to get I don't know what cape I had on. I was trying to figure that it was bad. I was trying to put one boot on the wrong foot. Like I was trying to swoop in and it was just like, whoa, like this is not a disaster that this superwoman can handle right now. And I I just I I could not see that. Yeah. And I think that's that's where we want to tie it back to. Right. The fact that we need to understand our limitations that, you know, there's certain things that you're very good at. And there's certain things that other people are good at. And you need to understand and know when you can swoop in and rescue the situation and when you can potentially make matters worse. And that's that's what we kind of want to discuss and kind of delve into. Um, So that's kind of what happened. Right. That's what happened in our situation. And, you know, for a couple days you were trying to work with her, but it was getting worse. It was getting worse. It, it was like a day after the second, like from that night into the next day, you literally looked at me and said, it's ma- you're making this worse. You need to back off. Let me handle this. That was really difficult for me. 
And really? that's that's where that superwoman complex comes in, yeah, right? Yeah, I was like, like, you don't tell Superwoman she can't handle this. Exactly. Like, who the hell are you? <laughs> you were the villain in my book in that moment. Like, yo, this is my thing. Um, I know, and it took a while for you to oh, to, to be able to step point, down. But at some point, at some point, though, you know, we, we should talk about. Like, I mean, I intellectually, I understood. I, I get it. I can't do everything, but that don't stop me from trying to do it. I go, hell no. Don't, you don't tell me that I can't do that. Do you know who you are talking to? Just because my trauma drive pushes me to do things. But I learned that I really can't do it all. And I am stronger when I recognize that, when I can kind of, you know, take a step back. And I and I learned that there is a time for mom's empathy and mom's compassion and mom's soothing behavior. You know, someone's hurt. Someone gets hurt. They need that calming presence. But when there's an irrationality that's going on or it's just a fear, you need that firm compassion guidance. With That's not me. You know, I've learned to be firm and I can have compassion, but I lack any type of direction for myself. And so when I had to take a step back and you took over, it was beautiful. Like towards the tail end when I started to see things change. But in the beginning, it was like, I felt like I was going against my natural instincts and it was hard. I couldn't even look at her. Like at the table, I'd have to like look away. Well, she was looking towards you for that empathy. She that's, was looking for me like, mommy, save me. Exactly. And I was like, and that, that was- literally, I was getting the SOS. You know, the yeah. bat signal was coming. I was like looking over here. Yeah, and I had to be the strong hand kind of and, 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 and be like, okay, you can do this. And I had to be a little bit more firm with her in terms of, you know, you can overcome this because that's what we are, right? You know, we could have easily said, you know what, don't worry about it, have ice cream. But that's not who we are, right? No. As parents, you know, it, there was a lesson to learn here. And it was it's like what I told you, right? It wasn't, I know she wanted to eat, right? It wasn't a situation where she was so traumatized that she couldn't, you know, it was she wanted to eat. You know, she was hungry. There was things was like, oh, we're going to have this. And she she was just really struggling. As soon as the food was in her mouth, then at that point she had, you know, a lot of saliva. She was having trouble swallowing. But it was and what I told you. This is her fight. This is the time that we we need to be just firm and, and compassionate. It was her struggle and it was her fight. And it was it was my strength reassuring her like I sat next to her a lot of the times. Right. And we it was just me and her. And we sat together and I would constantly say, you know, you can do this. You know, you can you can get through this. You can do hard things. And it was that amount of encouragement. But, you know, again, I wasn't I wasn't providing that that the the bailout that she was looking for with with you anytime you were at the table or you were with her she would look towards you and it would be more difficult because you know if mom could if mom would just tell me don't do this then then I could just let it go but I wasn't going to do that I was going to see it through I was going to make sure she got through this cuz she, she would look at me with tears this. in her eyes like gagging and I felt like the worst mother man I'd have to turn my head but then I slowly started to see like the progress. And it was just like, I mean, I saw a lot of growth in you too, because you could have trauma parented. You could have lost your shit and been like, you're going to eat that. And blah. and you weren't, you were just patient sitting there watching the little freaking National Geographic, whatever you were doing. Yep. You can do this couple more bites, you know, completely and utterly not emotional based at all. So there was no emotions for her to feed off of. No, nothing. It was just like, well, if he believes that I can do this, then I, you know, I'm going to start believing in myself. And it was that pivotal moment I remember when we went to El Moro and we were walking around or whatever she started to have an idea of something she may want to eat and then she was like no it was almost like she was challenged like I want to do that and she was like no I'm not I'm not going to do that and then you're like it's okay 
you don't have to eat now if you don't want to. We're going to go eat, but you don't have to, but you will have to eat later. So you gave her like control. And I thought that that, I don't know. I just, it was really nice to not have to be that superhero. Like once I was able to, I don't want to say succumb, but once I was able to just be like, all right. Just give up the reins at that point. You, Yeah, I didn't feel weak anymore. Like I was able to be like, okay. Like, that's his strength. And that's something else I realized, that if I'm constantly trying to save everything, then I take it away from somebody else to use what they're good at. And that's she did not need my empathy in that moment. Because, shit, I can empathize with anything. That's what makes me me. She didn't need that. She just needed me to help her realize that your feelings are valid, yet those are irrational fears. And you're allowing fear to dictate your next move. And that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? So when I finally just was like, all right, I spent time with our son. Him and I, like him and I were worried about her, but we could be worried on the side and be like, oh my God, but we didn't have to show her because you know what? Dad got her. That was, this was good. And when we went out to that little place to have a bite to eat, well, you should talk about what that, what did you say to her? Cause I kind of, I was, I literally learned to emotionally disconnect whenever we were eating. So I was not focusing, but how did the whole batida, the shake thing come up? Oh, it was, it, it was basically psychology, right? You, you've taught me a lot of, of this stuff too, right? And yeah. it, it was a, a situation where, again, I had seen a lot of fight in her. It was not like I was pushing her to do it. I was just being firm with her that I believed in that she could do it because she, I, I could see that she wanted to, right? She, she did not want to be in the place she was. She just found herself there because of all of, of these fear. You know, exactly. Everything that added to this fear. Um, but I know she wanted to, you could see that you could see that, you know, she's feisty like me and she, she just needed that, that boost at that point, yeah. right? She, she just needed, needed someone that had the same feistiness as her to say, hey, you know, and that's that's not me. I'm feisty in my own way, but not in that way. But what, she, what happened in the restaurant was, you know, I took that opportunity, right? So we, we talk about like replacing habits, right? There's, there's habits and it was the same concept, right? So I took the... the I, the momentum that she had built because she had started to to eat, you know, even though she was struggling, she was she was getting through a couple meals and she had eaten a couple some fruit, you know, even though it took like, you know, half hour for her to die to, to get it down. She was she was making the progress. And, you know, we sat at the table and 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 it was a perfect opportunity because I know she wanted to eat. I know she was hungry at that point and and it was just she needed that one extra little boost yeah, this to get was her day over four, by yeah, the way. Exactly. We were scared. To get her over the 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 hump, right? And I just said, Oh, you know, we are gonna order you a special, you know, shake, right? And there's certain uh you know, there's certain fruits that you get at the island. Passion fruits are huge parcha, right? Parcha, yeah. Is a huge thing in, in Puerto Rico. And um, they, they even, you know, they even use it to treat certain things. So I took that opportunity that they had that uh, a parcha shake, and I know that she liked that the passion fruit juice. So I said, "Oh, you know, I she, you guys actually got up and went to the bathroom at one point." And um, when she got when you guys got back, I told her, "Oh, I ordered you this special shake, and this special shake is supposed to be good for your belly and it's going to help you." And it just that was the the one catalyst that she needed, mm -hmm. that one thing that she could draw back to and say, okay, it's this, it's this is what's going to help me. This is what's going to trigger me to yeah. to to get back to These where I was. Nutrients, I need this. It's exactly. Gonna help my belly. And then once she had that shake, it was you know she still had a 
bit of a struggle throughout the but it was it was night and day different yeah, that was she, the shift that was she, the, yep. the sea change she had a little you know she'd take a little sip and then you know i have gastro issues she's a mama you know this is going to be good for your belly too so i was like oh okay so i'm taking a sip and i'm now this is where superwoman can come in where it's not superwoman but i'm just naturally in my role just validating you're right this does taste good oh wow my belly feels better so then i got a side of like french fries you know papa fritas i know that she's gonna like and i was just like oh man i don't think i can finish all these and she's like well I, can I have one? And they were kind of like how I make them homemade. And then she was just dipping it in the ketchup. She was eating a little bit. And then she saw like some tomatoes. Like her brother doesn't like tomatoes. So he looks at me and he's like, oh, does anybody want these? I'm so full and they're so good. Like we kind of played into it. And she ended up having two slices of tomatoes and, you know, a shake. And she had some French fries. And it was just like, ah, oh. like that was the shift where there was no gagging at the table. There was just struggle to try to like swallow it. But there wasn't that rejection of the food the excess saliva and then you know chewing for three hours without wanting to swallow so it was crazy yeah and <laughs> through I, all this you know there was a there's so many lessons that we learned from from all this but what we want to bring it back to is is that you know it was the fact that you were able to understand your limitations understand where you know you were adding to 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 a bad situation and you were able to step down yeah like my heart was in the right place but it wasn't a problem for me to fix and that is like something that you know i had realized and i don't think people realize when we we start kind of going into the superwoman complex like i said it's been around since like 1984 that's when it was coined and it's basically when women do too much they take on too much you know the housewives this 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 and this and then they're doing this and they're going to soccer and they're doing all these things and they're trying to manage their careers and everything and it's just impossible and you're going to slack somewhere and it's usually with yourself and there's this deep underlying feeling of failure when you can't fix something and so that's why it's hard to relinquish control because you have this complex that like i can fix and do anything like on the side am i capable of a lot of things absolutely but Doing way too many things at once means that something's, something's not going to be right. And it's that fear, right, of being a failure and feeling like a piece of crap that I couldn't do that. I couldn't be there for her as her mother and I couldn't help get her through that. That would have kept me making matters worse because I couldn't let go. So it was very freeing afterwards to be able to be like, wow, that was great. And I gave you, I was like, you handled that like a boss. Like I was like, I love you more than I've ever, like just seeing you be able to do that and also realize that I did give my daughter what she needed. I gave her a father, go by, <laughs> go with dad. But that's what she needed. She didn't need my empathy. So I was still able to help the situation by not helping the situation so weird right how that works yeah and we and it was funny because it was it was it was a struggle for you because we had several conversations before you allowed me to take the reins because it was constant oh, like it oh was... no you know you know this and that and we you know not that we argued but we you know we was no but you would give me the I, eye I, the well at one eye. point at one point i did sit you down and said no it's 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 you know when you know, when day three had come a, come around and she was just not eating at all. Your way is not working. Yeah, and I said, it's and that time was hard. To, yeah, it's time to put the, the you know, put our big boy pants on. and Because you literally right said, way. if she doesn't eat, she's not going to be able to leave this island and we're going to have to go to the hospital because they're going to have to make her eat. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> it was that point. Yeah. Yeah, because it, at that point, you know, the that that day was a tough day because she didn't eat anything that day. You know, and she wasn't trying. And it, it was, we got to that point where, you know, if we didn't 
take some action then you know other consequences might have might have you know triggered something else and again we could have easily said you know what you know let's play this out but that's not how we are right no because we know our kids you can't let exactly we know exactly we know our kids and we know that if we allowed them to sit in that fear it was going to continue to manifest because they trust us. Yes, and worse. So and if worse mom ways. and dad think it's okay that I sit in this fear, then I'm going to sit here, and this is what makes it real. You know, th- I guarantee there's a bunch of women right now listening who go, "Holy crap! I have the superwoman complex." Nothing to brag about, ladies. I'm telling you that right now. Knowing your strengths, knowing what you are capable of in a successful way that the other person needs, is what makes you strong. Just because you could swoop in and fix something does not mean you're going to fix it correctly. Does I mean, you could put a Band-Aid on it. You could also, you know, make it worse for a while like I did. So I think we need to understand that part of it. And that's something that, you know, I don't think people realize is, you know, when we talk about this term, that loss of self that you feel when you can't fix something. So if this sounds familiar to you, I mean, there's a term for it. And there's ways that, you know. So, yeah, before you start getting into the ways of how we you, how you deal with it, how you recognize it and how you I don't want to say fix it, but how you address it. So we're just going to pause for a quick message and then we'll go right into that when we get back. We always hear how much the podcast has positively impacted all of you. So now here's an opportunity to help us continue making content. And we've made it simple by partnering with Patreon. You can find the link in the episode description. For your subscription, we've added additional bonus incentives, which include a newsletter, access to the In It Together Patreon group, and special access to upcoming private episodes with Jay. For our top subscribers, you'll even get monthly access to Jay and I via Zoom. We're grateful for your support. And don't forget to keep sharing the podcast with everyone you know. Together, we can help grow the In It Together family. Now back to the podcast. So we've been talking about what happened with us during our vacation with our daughter and how that ties into our the superhuman complex that, you know, we kind of introduced in, in the first segment there. So now let's get into like what how recognizing these and I let I want to say that it, it shouldn't be superwoman. I know it is actually so superwoman, but this applies to anyone. So it's, it should be like a super person complex, right? Yeah. Um so let's let's talk about identifying that and how tips and tricks on how to overcome that complex all right so the first thing is that typically if you have this complex there's levels of perfectionism underneath you except you're the least most perfect person in this world right so like you have this ideal in your head that everything has to be perfect and i have to handle it this way and it has to go my way but it doesn't mean that everything is organized and it goes right it's just this ideal this paradigm that you have in your head and the way that you think so first and foremost it's recognizing that because if you can recognize that i want everything to go a certain way and i need to handle it then more often than not, you've got this complex where you're trying to swoop in and fix things that you may not have the tools to fix, right? Appropriately. So that's, you know, the number one thing. And you need to let go of the perfectionism belief that you have. And that's that's the first step. And it's really, really hard. Like, I don't have to be perfect right now. I don't have to fix this right now. This isn't my thing to fix. This isn't my battle to go in and take care of. And so you're probably saying like, well, how the hell am I going to know when stuff just happens? I just want to jump in. You pause and say, is this something I have a strength to be able to fix in a way that is benefit to the other person? Is this what they or that situation needs? Not is this what I want to do? None of us are perfect, you know, and we that's something that we 
we know, I think we understand as humans that, that, you know, we're all imperfect beings and we all have strengths and weaknesses. And I think the perfectionism doesn't come from the, the thought of being perfect, but the thought of being able to handle things that you can't handle. And that comes from not understanding, no, I don't want to say not understanding, but not wanting to affirm our weaknesses, right? Because when you say, oh, I'm weak in this area, that feels like as, as human beings, right? That feels yucky, right? That doesn't feel good that to say, oh, I can't, I'm weak in this area. It's because weak has such a really nasty undertone because I know for me, I've been told that I've, you know, been weak and that's just, it's at times felt cruel. Like, you know, like it's, ugh. unfortunately people use that term to insult people sometimes or, you know, and so you have this, it has this really bad, bad, bad. Yeah, it's a negative, yeah, connotation, right? But it's in knowing your weaknesses is where you find strength, right? That is strength, is knowing what you can and cannot handle and understanding, you know, if if I'm not good at this or I'm not good at a particular thing, it's not it doesn't make me weak. It actually makes you stronger to understand this is a weakness of mine. So I need to find someone that can help me with this situation because I'm not particularly strong in this aspect right and that comes with knowing you know the second part you know number one was talking about perfectionism but knowing that help is okay like mrs doubtfire you know help is on the way dear you know you know that help is okay the problem is is that help also feels disgusting you know the term help and needing help and weakness makes you feel like an inv- like I, I can't do this and help, that term, it goes back to when you were younger. You know, if you grew up in a home that was chaotic or there was some type of abuse or childhood trauma, whatever it is, is that help made you look weak. When you needed help, did anybody come rescue you? Nope. When you needed help, did anybody care that you needed help? Nope, most likely not. So needing help as an adult is like, yeah, no, I don't need help. I don't need nobody. We all need help. We all need help and help is okay. When we can ask for help and we can seek help, we're stronger because of it because we can isolate whatever the issue is, get it fixed quicker, move on from that, learn the lesson, and boom, you're stronger than what you are instead of staying there because you refuse to ask for help, right? And when you can do that, you can delegate, like you said, hey, this is your strength. That also helps the other person too because you're saying, hey, use your strength for this situation. That builds character and strength in them. So you're double the strength because you recognize and you can take a step back and you realize help's okay. And then you just put in someone else's hands what makes them feel good about themselves. Like you literally just help the situation twofold, but you don't look at it like that. I know for me, asking for help is, ugh, it just feels gross. Like, hey guys, I need help with the laundry. It's like, really? You can't do four people's laundry all the time? <laughs> And then when I say it out loud, I'm like, I shouldn't have to. It's their laundry too. Learning to ask for help's okay, but I realize where this comes from. Yeah, and but it- that's that complex. That's what we're talking about, right? Yep. That's the complex is what limits you, right? It 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 you know, it makes you feel like you're less than because you're asking for help when it's the complete opposite. You're stronger because you can ask for help. You're stronger because you can see where you're limited and pull in someone that might help you through that right that makes you a stronger person so it's the complete opposite of of what your mind is telling you right Right. it's the it's this paradigm that you have brought from you you know your childhood it's this shift this belief that help is bad and if you need help you need help you know type thing and it's like what we thought when we were younger doesn't serve us as adults so the people who are around us those were the weak people the weak people who couldn't 
answer us when we needed help, couldn't ask for help themselves, couldn't make their situation better. If you don't think for one second that our parents that hurt us didn't think at one point that they needed effing help but didn't seek it, they made it worse for us. That's what not asking for help does. So every time, you know, I think that in my head, if I don't ask for help, I'm going to be bitchy, I'm going to feel stressed, and then it's going to hurt my family. Because that's what happened to me. So that's why I'm trying to be better with, you know, asking for help. It, it takes time. It doesn't feel always the best thing, but you got to do it. Absolutely. And that's, that's again, that's what makes you stronger, right? That's what makes, understanding your limitations is what makes you stronger. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that this really resonated with some, oh, some, I'm sure. some of our listeners. I'm sure. And like I said, I know it's called the superwoman complex, right? Um, but it, that applies to men as well. You know, that I'm, I'm sure there are guys out there that, that do the same thing. They want to swoop in and... Um, it's actually called the white knight syndrome, just so you know. <laughs> you know what? I, and I was, <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that in terms of, of that, but I wasn't... Um, that wasn't yeah. the this that, that you, wasn't the phrase that I would have used. No, the phrase that I was thinking in my head was was a lot more uh, derogatory, and I'm probably not going to no, share that. No, but I think don't. I think you 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 know what I was thinking. I know you were saying, yeah, the white knight syndrome, and it's this man that literally feels you see a woman in distress, he wants to go in and save her and do all these things, and he constantly finds himself in relationships with needy women you know, that need all this help. And it and it's not just with women, but it's this white knight syndrome. Like he can't ever stick up for himself or say anything because he's going to be mean. He has to be this knight in shining armor that protects everybody at all times. Well, and I think that I makes think, him vulnerable. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's like you, you said, right? It's if you're if you have that, right, then you're constantly attracted to people that, that need, need help. Exactly. So in, in, and we're going to have a, a podcast about that. I think it, uh, that'd be a good podcast to have to talk about you know like re- we you know you deal with a lot of relationships and in your coaching right and there's a lot of relationships that you've helped you know either b- couples or mm-hmm. individuals with but the biggest thing with individuals is understanding that you need to fix yourself to attract the the type of person that you want because if you find yourself in a relationship where you know the person is you know either a narcissist or 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 very needy what you know you contributed to to having that relationship because you're seeking that you know whether you have that white knight syndrome and you're seeking very needy people and it's also when you feel like you can fix people like this person needs me i can fix them you know no, you can't. And this is why. And some people that I coach don't like this and some people don't mind it. But I'm straight up honest. I'm going to tell you what you don't like to hear because that's the only way you're going to heal. That's the only way I healed when you tell me to my face. Right. So this is why I say when you are in the healing journey, get the hell off the dating websites. Because all you're going to find is some desperate ass person or somebody that has their own issues. You are not in a place to be dating somebody else. You're not in a place to even know what you want. You yeah, have let's, these... let's save that for the next podcast because okay. we, we can go into that, that right. whole you know thing in a, in a different podcast. No, that's that a we good can... one. That will be the next, guys, yeah. stay tuned for that one. Exactly. So so guys, if um, I hope you got, got something. We're going to end this here. Make sure you check out the Patreon. Make sure you uh, send us your questions and um, you know, till next time, guys, um, stay safe. 
So guys, if you aren't following me already, you can find me on TikTok at Ask.Courtney, on Instagram at AskCourtney underscore, and on YouTube at AskCourtney. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, you can reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. We'd love to hear your stories, guys, so make sure to reach out. And as always, we're all in this together, so stay safe. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. Till next time.